You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Hi church, well it's my pleasure to be bringing the word of God today and really before I move on to what I'm going to share, I just wanted us to look back on the challenge and exhortation that Pastor Martin brought us uh, last week from Philippians 4.4 which was to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice and really it was such a challenging word for me personally and I I hope it was uh, a challenge for you as well that in a season where we might find ourselves to be overwhelmed where we might find ourselves wanting to remain passive or apathetic or even quiet Uh, instead we are reminded to be a people who will lift up our voice and declare who God is that we would rejoice in him always and really as I bring the word today I I don't really want to detract Uh, from that message as much as I want to build on it. And uh, so the title of my message uh, for today is simply a question, which is, will you sit at the feet of Jesus? Will you sit at the feet of Jesus? And as we do that, we're going to look at the scripture from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, which says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to come and help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Well, a powerful and interesting story uh, there for us to learn from. And really, before we uh, come for Martha and come to kind of uh, judge her actions in this moment, I think it's important uh, that we first take a little look at who Martha is, the kind of personality that she is. And in the three occasions in the Gospels where uh, it talks about Martha, uh, we learn a few things. And the first thing that we learn is that she was likely the oldest sibling, often Martha is named alongside Mary and Lazarus, but what makes us think that she's the oldest sibling is that she's often named first. Uh, And that means that she's probably like many older siblings, a high responsibility type of person who wants to take the lead and to take the charge and to get things done and maybe even order people around. Uh, Secondly, from the scriptures that we just read, we see that she welcomed Jesus into her house. Uh, And that for us probably tells us that uh, it's not just a worthy mention, this really is her house. And uh, if, if she's the one who owned this house, then she's probably a hardworking, established and high responsibility woman. And it's also thought that she lived in this house with Mary and Lazarus as well. Thirdly, we've learned that from John 12, when Lazarus died, While Mary stayed at home and was crying, Martha is the one that went running, looking for Jesus and says to him, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And so we see again the high responsibility nature of Martha to be a person who goes out and gets it done. But also we see that she's a person who speaks her mind, um, but also that she's a person who uh, firmly believes in Jesus and the power and authority of Jesus. She has faith in him, which is why she says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. We also see that uh, when a, a, a dinner is held in John 12 uh, for Jesus, it says simply that while Lazarus reclined at the table that Martha served. And so even as we come to Luke 10, we see that service is not just something for this occasion. A service is really Martha's heart. That's where she's in her element. And similarly, in John 11:5, we learn that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. These visits to their home when he would pass by, uh, which was in Bethany, uh, he were common. Jesus would do this often. And it seems that um, Martha not only loved to host Jesus and to show hospitality, but she loved Jesus himself. And so when we get to Luke 10, 38 to 42, hopefully we have a bit more of an understanding of Martha. Martha is a high responsibility, uh, diligent woman. She is proactive in the things that she wants to get done, but it's also her way of maybe expressing care. She moves to action because that's how she expresses her love. That's what she's inclined to. But as we come to Luke 10, uh, 38 to 42, we see that the problem is, is that the serving, or as other versions say, all the preparations that had to be made had become a distraction for Martha. Have you ever been uh, in a season where you are distracted or you're having a conversation with somebody and you're giving all the cues that you're listening, but really your mind is elsewhere. And that's what we see for Martha. She was distracted, which other definitions say that she was drawn away or too busy or overoccupied and divided. Some even say torn in pieces is what can be uh, said for the word distracted. And what was she distracted from? Well, a few things. She was distracted from the presence of Jesus. She was distracted from the presence of Jesus. She was so into what needed to be done or what seemed important to her, and it had overtaken not only her fellowship with other people. Jesus would have probably come into her house with the other disciples that he was journeying with. And so she was distracted not only from fellowship with others, but her, her, her activity, her responsibilities had overtaken her communion with the presence of God. And so you can just imagine Martha, she's whizzing around left, right and center in the kitchen. You could probably hear cupboards slamming and pots falling and some heavy breathing. And maybe she's just even sighing because she's tired. She's probably got messy, messy hair and it's all over her face. There's probably flour all over her. And if we're being honest, if we're being real, I think for many of us, we can identify with Martha. Maybe in this season, uh, the way your journey is going is a lot like Martha. There are demands in your life that are uh, heavy and they seem to just be unending. You wake up with an endless list of things that just need to be done. Uh, more things seem to be going wrong and there just doesn't seem to be enough time in your day. 
And if it's not the outward uh, demands that are calling for your name and, and feel like they, they're so urgent and they need to be done, then there's an inward voice of demand saying, this is what you should be doing. This is how it should be. Why didn't I do that? I need to do this. Your world is literally in chaos because of the pressures that are pressing in on you and the things you feel you need to attend to. And so in an effort to keep it all together, in an effort to try and get it all done in your day, your, your fellowship with Jesus has fallen to the wayside, your devotional time, your time in the word, your time in worship, uh, your time even gathering with other believers in Christ-centered community has dropped down in your priorities. And the voice of God seems to be dimmer and dimmer and dimmer in the midst of the noise of your days, the slamming cupboards, the pots and the pans, the things that are calling for your name. And truthfully, what we've entered into is a season or a time of striving. We're getting on with the day, but because God is not there, because God is not in the center, because we don't want to commune with God, there's no peace, there's no joy, there's no strength. But actually three things I want us to draw from this passage as we seek to respond differently. Firstly, tell him how you really feel. You know, verse 40, it says that Martha went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. I mean, can you imagine the audacity of Martha? This is real messy. This is like host etiquette 101, do not do. Not only to come and to complain against your sister, but to come and complain to your guest and against your guest, the son of God. This isn't even just like any other person. This is the son of God himself. And then on top of that, to tell him what to do. But you know what? There's something about Martha that I really admire here. And I think there's something that all of us can learn from Martha is that, you know, God can handle our messiness. God can handle the brokenness of our hearts as we come before him. You know, we live in a world or maybe in the communities that we feel we're in. We, we want to always present ourselves packaged and OK. And everyone asks you, how are you doing? And it's like, good. Yeah, I'm getting by. But really, we never want to expose the turmoil and the storms that are really going on inside of us and in our world. But what I love about Martha is that in that moment, she is not ashamed to pour out her heart to God, to tell God the things that are troubling her. And I find it interesting that um, Martha didn't necessarily go directly to Mary. She goes to Jesus, but I think when we look deeper into it, it's the fact that she says, Lord. And I, I think within that, it says something of Martha understanding that I know Jesus can do something about this. I know he has authority and he has control in this situation. And I think that is what uh, should qualify us coming to the Lord. Maybe at times where we feel like we don't, he doesn't care, we can still come to him because we know that he has authority and he has power and he has control and we know that he can do something about it. And it doesn't mean that he's always going to do something about it, but to perceive God in that way allows us to bring everything before him. And Martha brings everything to him when she's finally decided, I've had enough. This is too much. I'm doing too much. She brings it to him and she pours out her heart. 
And she says, God, I, I feel like you don't care. I feel alone in this situation. I feel like I need help, you know, beyond the outburst of anger that was in Martha that we might want to judge her for, beyond the messiness that we see on the exterior. Really, the heart cry of Martha was that I need help. And in Psalm 18, verse 6, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. In your distress, what do you do? Do you remain silent? In your season of feeling overwhelmed, feeling like there are too many things, is it just to grin and to bear it and to keep pretending that everything is okay when visibly to everyone else it doesn't seem okay? Or is it to actually come to Jesus to say, in my distress, God, I'm going to cry out to you for help, no matter how it's going to look like, no matter how it's going to come out. Psalm 62a also says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. You know, God is a safe person that you can come and tell him how you really feel. He's a person that understands and knows. Secondly, let him speak into your heart. You know, we can come to God with our issues. We can come to God with the things that anger us and frustrate us and uh, overwhelm us because God cares about those things. God cares about what you care about. But you know, God also cares about your heart. And in 1 Samuel, it talks about how man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Seeing Martha, um, many people who were in that house probably saw the outward appearance, that she was restless, that she was distracted with much serving. But when Jesus looked at her, he saw deeper, he saw her heart and he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You know, when it talks about being uh, anxious and troubled, it's talking about being turbulent, being thrown in confusion, being filled with many cares or disturbed in the mind. And I believe that many of us are in that season where we are full of fear, we are full of anxiety, full of despair, so many things. It's not even the activity on the outside that's the real issue. It's what's going on deep inside of us. It's those things that we're ruminating over and going over and rehearsing. But you know, Jesus would want to meet us in that moment, in our moment of outburst and crying out to him, not with uh, a rebuke, a harsh rebuke, and to tell us to be quiet and how dare you talk to me like that. But the way he speaks to Martha, he says, Martha, Martha. He would speak to her with an endearing uh, tone and, and an endearing address. He would speak to her heart. You know, Proverbs 27, five to six says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. The wounds of a friend are faithful, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, God wants to help you and God wants to heal you, but sometimes it means that he's gonna have to call out the things in your heart, the things that are weighing on you, the things that are troubling you and making you anxious to help you to look beyond the surface level things that you see as the issue and you feel so offended by and to see what's really going on deep down. Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, in my season that I've been in, I've, I've realized that for me as well, God checked me in this way. I came to him with some frustrations and maybe even some anger about some uh, expectations that I had that I felt were disappointed in my relationships with other people. And I remember I was so angry and I came to God and I said, this has ruined me. This is how it's damaged me. This is how it's impacted me. And I remember I came before the Lord and I wanted the Lord to fix it. I wanted the Lord to fix the people in the same way Martha wanted the Lord to fix the situation and to tell Martha what to do. But in that time, what the Lord did instead is he unraveled my heart. He said, Tracy, you're carrying bitterness. Tracy, you're carrying anger. Tracy, you're carrying unforgiveness and offense. And my offense had blinded me so much to my own heart, blinded me so much to other people that I couldn't see God in the midst of it. But he spoke to me just like he spoke. And he said, Tracy, Tracy, you need to lay those things down. You need to let go of some of these things that are troubling you. What is it today that you need to lay down? What is it today that God would speak into your heart and say, these are the things that you are troubled about. These are the things that you are anxious about. Let him speak to your heart. And finally, this brings me back to the question that we started with, which is, will you sit at the feet of Jesus? You know, Jesus said to Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing, one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her. Will you sit at the feet of Jesus today? Will you choose him? You know, what Mary did, it was a choice. There are so many things that are demanding of our attention and, and seem so important and seem that they just need to get done. But actually... We get to choose, we have the power to choose in the circumstances and the situations that we're in. We'll choose, will we choose to attend to those things and to keep getting frustrated and angry and wanting to draw others in to, to help us to struggle? Or will we quit struggling and position ourselves at the feet of Jesus? And really as we position ourselves at the feet of Jesus, what we're doing is we're allowing him to minister to us. We're allowing him to serve us, to speak to us, to teach us, to refresh us. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus would say today, if you are feeling weary and burdened, if you're feeling troubled and anxious, come to him. Sit at his feet, learn from him. You get to choose. In this season that you are in, where you are so overwhelmed, where there are so many things going on around you, where you are burdened and weary, will you come to him for rest? Will you let God give you not what you think you need, but what you really need, which is the rest for your soul, that as you sit at his feet, he would minister to you, he would serve you, he would give you freely whatever it is that you need to receive from him today. 
you know, to sit at the feet of Jesus is going to take three things. It's going to take being in an unexpected position. You know, for Mary to be at the feet of Jesus is quite controversial because in that time and society, women were not allowed to even be talking to men that were not their husbands on the street, let alone sitting at the feet of a man and learning to listen from him. But actually, Mary, I perceive in that moment, has seen something that is much sweeter. And in seeing the goodness of Jesus, the invitation of Jesus, the acceptance of Jesus, that it will not be taken away from her. She had decided that I'm going to do the unthinkable and the unexpected. And I believe for us, even as we learn to fit, sit at the feet of Jesus, that we live in a society that's going to expect us to keep going, to keep pushing. The people around us are going to say, we need you to do this. We need you to do that. But will you instead sit in an unexpected position? It's going to take sitting in a position of humility. Again, to sit at the feet of Jesus is to take a low position to say, I can't do it all and neither do I need to do it all. What is important in this moment is to sit and to receive from him, to say there is something that I need from Jesus that all the serving, all the doing, all the activity won't give me. My soul needs a different satisfaction. I need to sit and listen to him. And thirdly, to sit at his feet is going to take a position of awe and delight once again. You know, when you're so busy doing so many things, you're so active, you can't really even um, pay attention to Jesus, let alone come and sit at his feet with awe and delight. But when we take that position, we say, Lord, I choose to fix my eyes on you again. I say that you are the one thing that I need. I say that you are the good teacher. You're the good shepherd. You're the one that fills all and satisfies all. You are good, you are true, you are powerful. And so as we come to the end of this message for today, I just want to invite some of us uh, to take this opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus, to welcome him into our home and to take that position of humility and to say, Lord, I've been trying to carry so many things. I've been trying to journey through so many things and uh, act like I've got it all together. But Lord, I pour out my heart to you right now. I cry and I say that these are the things that are burdening me. These are the things that are making me angry and frustrated. These are the ways I feel alone and I need your help. Why don't you just be honest with the Lord and speak out those things that are troubling you? Don't mind about the other people that may be in your room. Just pour out your heart to him and allow him to speak to you. Allow him to speak beyond the things that maybe others can see and to speak to your heart, to speak to those things that are truly troubling you. And as you do that, receive of him, receive of his peace, receive of his joy once again, receive of his refreshing, receive of everything that he has to offer you today. Allow him to minister to you, listen to his voice. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We worship and adore you. We come again in awe and delight. We choose to lay aside those things that have been troubling us, those things that we've been trying to attend to. We choose to sit at your feet once again. Would you come and minister to us? Would you come and fill us with everything that you are that we are not? In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. You know, I want to encourage you uh, as we go into the next song to, 
take this as an opportunity to praise and to worship God, to speak out in awe over who he is, to fix your eyes on him again. And even as you go into your week, let this posture of sitting at the feet of Jesus to not just be uh, something that you've done today, but something that you're going to take into every single day that's coming, no matter the demands of your life. Choose to come to him in devotion. Choose to, choose to set aside those things that are troubling you and to prioritize him. 